Oh, it's lit. <laughs> we prime time. <laughs> Subscribe, like, and share. <laughs> Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off of steel. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive and the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids. Price and Doherty. Bail in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D Tran. Yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D Tran. That's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. What's really good? It's a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. January 19th. It's hump day, y'all. All right, D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. Now, how y'all feeling? All right, let me let me get adjusted. See that light look nice on me though, but all right. So uh yes, uh yesterday we wrapped about basketball. The last segment, I should say. We rapped about basketball. Um, definitely go check that out. Uh, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. Uh, right on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, definitely go check that out. You know, subscribe, like, follow. Uh, we also, uh, we also from the same entity, we did a Deeper Than Bars thing for those music heads that like that. So definitely go check that out. Um, but, you know, we got to talk about my first love, man. You know, the 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 one sport that got me hooked on being involved in the rest of sports, man. And that's the football, man. That 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 is the pigskin right there, baby. All right. Unfortunately, my Browns are no longer contending. Uh, they are at home. They are watching the playoffs on the couch like I am. Some probably training, some probably uh getting ready, uh, you know, enjoying some of their off time before they start getting into their real conditioning for next season. Uh, you know, it's a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, usually around this time, right, we'll be talking about Oh, the Browns don't have this. Why they so suck? What's up with the front office? What's wrong with their coach? Why our star players don't be stars and all that? And even though it may feel like it's, you know, very, I, I want to say variations, but that ain't right. Even though there's there's a feel that some of those things are taking place. Um, it's not nowhere near the magnitude that we're used to. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in that you can make a lot of moves to cure a problem, or you can make the one significant move that cures everything, or at least cures, you know, multiple issues at a time to where now, you know, you don't need to make six or seven moves. You can make two to three moves, and that's just as equivalent, if not better. All right? Um, because, you know, 
last, you know, coming into the season this year. All right. I mean, they finished eight and nine. Um, but coming into the season this year, you know, you had about nine new defensive starters, uh, like 12, 13 new players on that side of the ball. Um, you know, you was trying to figure out if your offense could uh, maintain its continuity from last year and how they left off. Well, I guess in the playoff run year, you know, they didn't leave off with the Chiefs on a high note. Um, you know, which kind of led to some of the issues that was in this season. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, the Browns are still in a way better place than they've been in a very long time. Uh, you know, I I could sit here and be appreciative of the fact that I don't have to, you know, sit here and complain about, you know, my Browns not doing this. I could sit or here and be appreciative of the Hold fact on, that my bad for the feedback. My apologies. Um, I could be appreciative of the fact that, you know, I don't have to feel this down about my team. You know, I can look at this team and say, we have a lot of positive things going forward for us, uh, go, uh, going for us moving forward. Uh, you know, D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, all right? If you if you just now tuning in or getting here, make sure you uh, like, subscribe, and share. You know what I'm saying? On here, you know, I, I just give you my real uncut thoughts about sports and what I know and my feedback and how I look at things. Uh, you're always welcome, you know, as a spectator or, you know, a follower or whatever. If you want to get on here and talk your joining and, you know, you know, give some feedback on some points or thoughts or ideas that you thought I came with, you know, if you felt like they was incomplete. Hey, man, listen. Get on here and let me know how you feel, all right? Um, but these Browns, um, you know, they aren't bad. Um, they're actually title contenders right now. And, you know, more most important thing is how do we get this team from where they are right now to the top of things? Um, you know, how do we go from you know, a potential, you know, slam dunk contender to a surefire winner. Um, and, you know, nothing's absolute in this, in this, uh, in the sports world or even in life period. But, you know, you try to give yourself the best chance to be the most impactful or to control your own destiny. Um, the Browns will have quite a few, quite a few questions to answer, uh, you know, what are they going to do at quarterback? Not do they have a quarterback. And see, I, I need people to understand the difference in previous discussions and what's going on right now. We're not trying to figure out if the Browns have a quarterback. We're trying to figure out should the Browns stick with the quarterback they have or should they, you know, is it important for, you know, the the culture change and for the the building the positive building um is it necessary to make a change at quarterback and if we do make this change at quarterback um you know what options do we have that are realistic that doesn't require us to break up the team even further to just make you know make this one change so um if you're asking me I feel like 
the Browns are playing is so smart right now. Uh, you know, you know, half people love Baker, half the people want to see him go. If we're looking at it from a business standpoint, from a team building standpoint, um, you know, if you can point at more than just a quarterback uh, for issues going wrong, then quarterback isn't priority. All right, so we have to stick with what's priority first. Um, priority is maintaining capital and flexibility to make the necessary acquisitions. Uh, you know, whether that be cutting people to save cap money, uh, extending people to further cap uh, leeway, uh, trading people, you know, because we know we can get something back versus losing them for nothing. Uh, you know, and, you know, you still have the occasional guy that, you know, even though he might love the team and like playing with the guys, he may feel like he can earn money elsewhere and be more impactful in a role elsewhere. Um, you know, now, the thing to keep guys from making these moves is usually, you know, the team's chances of winning it big and also, you know, how the leaders on the team impact the game and the and the roster, just the personnel period, the locker room. Uh, you know, as far as impactful leaders, uh, you would have to say Joe Batonio on the offensive line, uh, Miles Garrett on the defensive line, um, John Johnson, uh, and Denzel Ward in the defensive backfield, Nick Chubb, obviously. Uh, I would say Kareem Hunt as well. Uh, these are the guys I look at when I think about – oh, and J.C. Treader, of course. Uh, these are the guys I look at when I think about leaders on the team and reasons that people would want to stay. Now, people say, you didn't mention Baker. Well, I I think Baker is hit or, too hit or miss right now um, to put him in a conversation with the other guys, in my opinion. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Baker's attitude. I personally like Baker's attitude. I can do whatever I feel like I'm capable of doing whenever I want to do it. Ain't no such thing as impossible with me. And, I, you know, I share those sentiments. So, I, you know, Cleveland, we need that type of quarterback. At the same token, though, I like my quarterback to be head smart as as well as head strong. Um, I need my quarterback to be, you know, people would say cerebral. You know, I would just say, you know, humble enough to accept, you know, whatever information that you get. Because even though you may not agree with some information, that does not make it invalid. All right. So. Baker, while I think last year, uh, the the two years under Stefanski, he has earned the respect of everybody as far as a guy who is a football player. I don't know if he has earned the level of respect as a uh, performer. You know, and I want to specify as a performer of his position. Um, you know. There are certain points in the game 
where your quarterback just has to be smart enough to know my team needs a jolt and I don't need the coach or nobody else in the staff to tell me what I need to do. I need to go out here and go in this huddle and tell my guys, hey, we doing this. Even if they don't understand, we doing this. And why are we doing this? Because we need to get positive momentum. We need to stay at the advantage of the opposing team. Um, so, and this is, you know, in year five, I think Baker will get a chance to do that. Why do I think Baker will get a chance to do that? Because the Browns, like I say, the Browns have a little more needs than just a quarterback. We can argue that Baker had no reliable targets to throw to. Um, I said we can argue. I'm not saying that's a fact. I'm saying that there's enough evidence to make it debatable. Um, you know, guys underperform. Um, you know, you could attribute that to inconsistencies, you know, whether it be from the play call in the quarterback or the receiver. Um, but one thing for sure and two things for certain. Uh, we definitely need receivers. Before we can ask any quarterback to come in here and play with this great line and this great backfield, we need to say to ourselves, these are your throwing options. Secondly, defensive tackle. Even more, the defensive tackle may be one and receiver may be two is because the guy that we were all high on that we felt like was not going to pull the Josh Gordon just pulled the Josh Gordon. Now, I'm down here in Florida. Um, you know, I'm, you know, once I gather more factual information on what's going on, you know, I'll provide what I can. Um, but for the most part, um, I personally think something triggered a mental something or an emotional something. It could have been a death anniversary. It could have been a loss of someone. Um, something triggered it. Uh, and that's just what I believe impulsive. Uh, but nonetheless, what I'm speaking on is defensive tackle Malik McDowell, uh, the free agent acquisition we picked up last offseason. Um, who played quite well for us this year, was very impactful, looked like a guy who could become a, who could, you know, resurge his career. Uh, he got into an incident down in South Florida where, um, you know, police was involved, police officer may have been assaulted or whatnot. Like I say, I don't have enough factual information to say what is and what ain't. I'm just saying what of what I read and how I digested it. You know what I'm saying? Police was involved. He was indecent exposed around some kids. Um, I didn't see nothing in the report that said the kids were in danger or um, and they didn't shoot him. So I'm assuming that there was some level of concern when they approached him. Um, you know, maybe they knew something was off because if he was being extra aggressive, I'm pretty sure we'd be having a different conversation about Mr. McDowell. Um, but so, you know, hopefully things can get resolved. This, this That man can get some help, you know. 
And, you know, if it was something that he did purposely to mess up his own life, then you get what your hand called for. Um, but it just doesn't seem that way. Nonetheless, I'm saying all that to, you know, just add to the point that a defensive tackle is very much needed. Now, in every offseason, Mr. Andrew Berry makes two key signings, and then he backs it up with the first few draft picks, all right? You know, so in year one uh, of Andrew's, of Andrew and St uh, of Barry and Stefanski, uh, who's they driving your one? Oh, sign Austin Hooper, sign Jack Conklin, drafted Jared Willis, and uh, who was else that in the second round? Um, no, Donovan Peoples was the sixth. Uh, it wasn't Jordan Elliott. He was the third. Jacob Phillips, he was the fourth. Harrison Bryan was a, was a fourth. Who was the second round pick? Whatever the case. Once I remember, I'll let y'all know. Um, and, you know, but just keeping on to my point, you know, he signed a right tackle. He signed a tight end, and then he drafted a left tackle. Uh, you come back to this prior uh, offseason, um, and, you know, he signed a safety, then he signed a cornerback, and then he drafted a cornerback, and then he drafted a linebacker. So, you know, here he's keeping some type of, okay, if I'm – whatever my signing is, I have to get a draftee to support that. Um, I think this year is a little different. I don't think they'll stick to that particular format, but something like it in principle. Um, you know, because when we go to the defensive tackle, we're saying, what type of defensive tackle do we need? You have Tommy Togiai down there. You have a, a Jordan Elliott down there. Um, Sheldon Day, who, you know, was on the roster and played pretty good. Uh, you still have a Joe Jackson down there who's really an end. Um, but you have a few bodies down there, especially if you retain them all. I know Togia, uh, Togia and Elliot were draft, uh, draft, were drafted, and uh, Jackson and Day were definitely signed. Um, so, you know, but what about Jadavian? Jadavian played very well this year. All right, quite a few tackles, nine sacks. He played like fourteen games out of seventeen. Um, he wants to stay. You pay Miles Garrett six years, $125 million, virtually $25 million a year. Um, you're going to have to pay Denzel Ward, which is probably not going to be no thing. Denzel Ward probably. Denzel Ward money guaranteed. I ain't sure. But what do you pay Jadavian? What is he worth? Uh, he played this year on $10 million. Um, so he's going to be looking something around 15. If you're asking me, and Jadavian said, bro, you got to give me at least, I'm looking for at least 15 million a year at least. I, I just don't see how we don't offer him like the four-year $70 million deal, you know, with 30 up front. I just don't see why you don't do that. 
uh, having him alongside Miles Garrett gives you so much to stability and versatility on them ends that you can kind of do whatever you want in the middle depending on who is the glue guy in the middle of that defense, um, that defensive line, uh, specifically for run stopping, because that's what your defensive tackles do. They help secure the run at the point of attack, you know, and if you got good guys down there who can secure it at the point of attack and you got nice linebackers, then your linebackers can play even better because they don't have big-ass offensive linemen coming to the second level to dominate them or to soak them up for the uh, running back to hit the next level. So uh, there's a few guys uh, in the draft. Um, you know, everybody's high on Jordan Davis. Uh, it's a guy named Neil uh, from uh, Texas A&M. Now, listen, I got to do a lot more research, y'all, because I did not – I've not been as active in college football as I once was before. All right? So it's only a few guys that I actually really know something about. So this ain't the time where I'm going to throw out – you know, we got a lot of time. We got the combine coming up and everything. So all that stats and stuff will come up. Um, but they do need a guy in the middle of that defense. They need a run-stopping defensive tackle, a big boy who can move. He don't got to be Aaron Donald. We're not asking for Aaron Donald because we don't have enough room to pay another defensive lineman like that. But we need a guy who, if he don't do nothing but stop the run, that's fine. You have enough versatility with your playmakers that you need that guy. Um, does that guy come out of free agency? Does that guy come out of the draft? Uh, you never know. Does he come via trade? You never, never know. Um, but you need a guy to fill that role. Um, because if you get a guy that can do that, you know, it's going to allow you to be a little more versatile on your line, um, especially having a Togi and a and an Elliot. Well, I think both of those guys are probably going to play really good next season. I think they're really going to going to blossom. Um Especially a third year, uh, I don't, I don't suspect any coach would be let go. I, I advocate the special teams coach should be let go. All right, everybody, a lot of people looking at me crazy, but listen, bro. The one thing about Cleveland is we used to always keep a nice special teams. All right, we used to keep a nice special teams, bro. The fact that we got this nice team. And we got weapons on there, but we don't have a special teams coach that seems to be able to get the most out of that unit. Bro, that's been an issue. Mike Pfeiffer been here since before Kevin Stefanski. Y'all got to remember that. He's been here since before Kevin Stefanski. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they was cool, and he, you know, or maybe because a lot of the team messed with him, you know. But, bro, when you the new hand honcho, man, you got to have everything under your own control. You feel me? Mike Pfeiffer was the assistant head coach, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact of his tenure. And, you know, maybe the Haslam's. You know, who could it be? Uh, maybe it could have been Andrew Berry because Andrew Berry was here once before and Pfeiffer was here then too. But whatever the case, I advocate the special team coach should be, you know, the option should be explored, just bottom line. You know, somebody don't have a, a good eye for special teams talent or the ability to be able to coach a special teams unit up. So we need some innovation there because our punt return unit should be outstanding. 
It should just it should just be outstanding. Um, like I say, I would, like I was saying when I got on that little tangent though, defensive tackle, it probably has shifted to the number one priority. But you know, you could say one A or one B because that position and a receiver position is the number one priority. Now, when it comes to these receivers, all right, it's been reports. We all know Calvin really won't out of Atlanta. And there's been reports that we could probably acquire Calvin Ridley. I would love that. Listen, in a perfect world, bro, Atlanta want Hooper back, and we could trade Hooper back to them for Calvin Ridley in a pick. That'll be raw. Um, Calvin Ridley is stud. So in my opinion, and a whole lot of everybody gonna hate this when I say this, but I want you to be I, I gotta be realistic when I tell you it'll cost the Browns way less to do it this way. And they could trade Kareem Hunt to Atlanta for Calvin Ridley. All right. The Browns probably could sweeten the pot, trade Kareem and Hooper, get Calvin Ridley and some picks. Or at least a pick. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, send a pick and get a couple picks back. You know, maybe we spend a second. We send a second with Kareem and uh, and Hooper, you know, a uh, next year's second. Um, you know, and they send us, you know, like a third and a fourth back, some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? With Calvin Ridley. Whatever the case, you know, I think that's feasible. Because nobody wants to break up her, her Chubb and Hunt. But we got to keep in perspective. We got Hunt so he can earn his way back into the league. And right now, for, you know, whatever Kevin Stefanski trying to brainstorm, if he loses Hunt right now, he can still keep Dearness Johnson and he still has um, uh, Felton, Demetrius Felton. So it's not like we're losing in the running back room. But Nicholas Chubb is the guy on offense. There's no mystery about that. Having Chunt, having uh, Chubb, I mean, having Hunt is a luxury. Uh, unfortunately, this year, we didn't take advantage of having that luxury for multiple years. His contract is going to be favorable. He still has a year, uh, I think two years, a year in a player option or a year in the team option. I think it's two years left, whatever the case. You know, him with Matt Ryan, um, you know, and people will be like, well, they got Hayden Hurst and uh, they got uh, Kyle Pitts. Uh, why would they take um, uh, Austin Hooper back? And that's feasible. Maybe they don't. You know, but Kyle Pitts is a receiver. He big as a tight end, but he a receiver, bro. So, you know, does it necessarily work against them? How will they handle it? I mean, I don't know. I'm just throwing. I'm just throwing things out there. All right. Um, but adding Calvin really to this receiver room, then doing something in the first round, like, you know, you could take a Garrett Wilson. All right. I mean, ultimately, you will have the same issues that you had, though, because I think Calvin Ridley's only like six one, six feet, six one. Garrett Wilson's like five eleven, six feet. I mean, you do got a uh, Donovan Peoples Jones who's like six two, uh, but you know, you may need another big receiver. Uh, 
Chris Olave is a little bigger. He's a little thinner. He's not as physical as a Garrett Wilson, but nonetheless, he is a little bigger. Uh, you know, body type boss. Um, uh, you know, and he's a game breaker. Uh, you know, Garrett Wilson and pairing him with Calvin Ridley would be outstanding. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be that would be great. Um, you know, but like I say, you know, they would still need some height. Um, you know, so this is where now this is how I look at it. This is a draft where the Browns can take multiple receivers, especially if they find a way to find a good defensive tackle and free agency. You know what I'm saying? Like if they could trade for a Ridley. Um, it could be any other receiver, but I'm just picking, speaking. What's the Browns picking? What they say, 13 or something like this? Yeah, they say? pick a 13th. We're not going to give them that pick for really. It's just not going to happen. I could just tell you that's not going to happen. Now, they have a better chance of getting the second-round pick for really. But even if we did the second-round pick for really, he would have to, have to get something back. Ideally, the Browns would want to have to trade a lesser pick as possible but they will have to lose the asset. It's only two assets on this offense that's on your that's still under contract that you could lose. And it don't hurt nothing. And that's Hunt and Hooper. You know what I'm saying? Because you got, you know, like I say, a Deionis Johnson, you can resign Deionis Johnson, you still got uh Demetrius Felton. Because you still got a David and Joku and a Harrison Bryant at the tight end, you're not losing. You're actually saving money. Now, Hunt contract ain't too crazy, but at the same token, at the end of next year, he's going to be looking for money. Nick Chubb, the number one guy, his contract kick in next year. You know, you could resign Johnson and give Johnson the same deal you just gave Hunt, and Johnson is younger. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, and, you know, you definitely got to look at the Hooper option because you're going to want to upgrade the the passing targets. You know what I'm saying? The quality of the passing targets. David Njoku already want to stay, and he's proven to be the best tight end in the room. Um, you, he's a draft pick of yours. You definitely going to want to resign him. You know what I'm saying? Hooper expendable. You know, it's okay to say, you know what, it ain't work out. But I would rather try to get something for you than to lose you for nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, they can bring in a really, you know, and, you know, if you do get a really, then you could say, okay, maybe I want to take a Jameson, uh, Jameson Williams or uh, Drake London, um, which I ain't going to lie. I think Baker Mayfield and the Drake London cat lightweight a match made, to be honest. Like, you know, I personally, uh, I like Justin Ross from Clemson. I think because they didn't have, a, like, a stellar quarterback play, uh, you know, without um, uh, Trevor Lawrence there, you know, that his stock dropped. He probably, you know, his combine going to boost him back up. I'm pretty sure he probably end up like a third or fourth round pick. Um, but that's a guy, you know, you could bring in. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, the, the Browns could definitely take multiple receivers. It's not out of the realm of possibility. But Hunt is I love Hunt. I wouldn't want to let him go. And I'm not telling I'm not saying that they should do it. But I'm just saying 
if you had to say, if you had to ask yourself, I can get Calvin Ridley by trading Hunt. You can't tell me somebody not gonna do that trade, bro. I'm doing it, especially you know I ain't got a receiver. This is number one pick. You know what I'm saying? I already know he gonna he can get separation off the ball. He can run routes. He got good hands. You know what I'm saying? You know, and like I say, he only like six feet six one. But you you pair him with a six five Drake London. You know, and now you got you know. Uh, Ridley and uh, but see even still though as much as I like Ridley you know they would still need like an X factor guy which is why I like um, Garrett Wilson you know what I'm saying because Garrett Wilson can return kicks you know what I'm saying he could be a number two I'm not saying they could draft him to be a number one uh, he has to be a number two in my opinion to be the most effective um, you know, Tyreek Hill type is just a little bigger. Um, that's how I, I, I view Garrett Wilson. Um, but that Drake London, though, for this division, for the running game we got, Drake London is an ideal match for this team, uh, in my opinion. Like, that's ideal. Uh, you got the uh, guy, uh, Travelon Burks from Arkansas. As a pretty big guy, kind of, he kind of gave me that DK Metcalf feel. Um, but that's a guy they can look at too. But undoubtedly, defensive run stopping, D lineman in the middle, defensive tackle, um, and quality wide receiving targets has to be number one priority on this, on, on, as far as acquisitions, as far as new acquisitions, that has to be the priority. Now, as far as retaining guys, um, you know, you still got Baker and Ward for a whole nother year. So it's not like we're going to lose. Uh, the other guys who are up got resigned. Um, Ward's going to get paid. Uh, I have no doubt about that. I feel like Jadavian's going to get paid. Um, you know, but like I say, four years, 70 million, 30 guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? You know, if he stay healthy, he can hit a couple bonuses. If he get, you know, because he set the bar at nine. So you say if you can at least give me seven sacks a year, eight sacks a year, that's another bonus. Uh, you know, you instrumental in us winning the playoff game, making it to the playoffs, that's a bonus. Like you could you can add some quality incentives in there where he'll be like, Okay, cool. And you gave me thirty I got ten last year, I got eight up front. Virtually. You know what I'm saying? All right, so now you come back, you feel me? You done basically triple, quadruple that in the thirty up front. Yeah, bruh. For like four seasons, you know what I'm saying? You can have a team option, a player option on that fourth season. You feel me? To where you know he get his money, get a, get a nice chunk of his money in the first couple seasons or whatever the case. However the case, you got to retain Jadavion, bro. When you get a wingman for your star, you cannot let him go. All right? And and Miles has that with Jadavion. Like, they are a perfect match. Do not allow that to get broken up. Um. There's a few other guys on this defense who could possibly not be back this year. Uh, 
Um, so you got guys like Mac Wilson Sr., Sione Takitaki, MJ Stewart, uh, Anthony Walker uh, Jr., uh, Ronnie Harrison Jr., um, who all contracts expire on this defense. Um, and that's very interesting because if you could retain MJ Stewart, then you could let Ronnie Harrison walk because you have a Richard LeCount and an A.J. Green. It is very, very possible that Ronnie Harrison Jr. and uh, MJ Stewart can both walk. But you have an A.J. Green and a Richard LeCount down there to still go with Dale Pitt, um, uh, Dale Pitt, John, John, JJ3, um, Troy Hill, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Greg Newsom. So you're not really falling off there. You know what I'm saying? If anything, if you did let those two guys go ahead and walk, you still have a nice secondary, and you could really just add legitimate special teams guys. You know, guys who can return, who, you know, got defensive backs that have return capabilities or, you know, excel on special teams in college or just got that build, you know, you know, third, fourth, nickelback type guys, you know, that could just specifically play special teams. And I think they will probably look at that route when it comes to uh, the secondary. Uh, when it comes to the linebacking court, uh, JOK is a for show. Jacob Phillips uh, has been showing that he can take over that role. So I think uh, aside, uh, uh, I don't know if it's Taki Taki or I don't know if it's – now, I'm going to say this. Taki Taki was a third-round pick. So Taki Taki may have another year that he's still under contract. Uh, that's very possible. Um, Mac Wilson was a fifth-round pick. He definitely don't got – so it's possible they may not keep him at all, uh, you know, unless they bring him back because he don't have a market to go somewhere. But somebody's going to go you utilize Mac Wilson. Uh, the same way it happened with Schobert, the same way it happened with Kersey. It, it just happens. It is what it is. However, JOK and Jacob Phillips make this okay. Um, Sione Takitaki is a very good run-stopping linebacker, a guy with uh, blitz capability. So keeping him would not be a bad thing. Um, and that would still give you at least three quality starters, JOK, Jacob Phillips, and Sione Takitaki to start with, but then it'll be about your backup guy. You know, will a Willie Harvey stay? Uh, will a, a, a Tony Fields uh, the second? He didn't really play a lot last year, but you know this could be the year he's in a major, you know, rotational role. Uh, and then if you do that, you know, like you say, that still leaves them room on this defense to really acquire guys specifically uh, for situational and special teams, you know, because you need guys at linebacker who can play special teams, you know, who can block a little bit, who can run down, you know, and, and tackle the ball carrier, speed enough, strong enough, you know. They may not have the technique to really be a quality starter, but they got the athletic abilities to where you can coach them up. Um, and I believe that the Browns have enough of a, of a nice culture right now to where guys are improving. You know, where guys are getting better from last year to this year, we could argue Baker. I know people say, but what about Baker? You know, we could argue. But for the most part, guys are getting better. 
uh, you're seeing it from off season to to you know uh training cap to training cap a uh, guys physical getting better along with this you know the eye test is looking better um you know and then like i said we already talked about the defensive line so you know um and it's like i say as far as this offensive room go um you know you're gonna have some questions to answer on that offensive line but i don't think it's as big of a deal uh I don't want to lose a J.C. Trevor. At the same token, though, you know, Batonio and Wyatt Taylor are a lot more important. Conklin and Willis are still locked in. You have a Nick Harris down there. Um, you have a James Hudson III. Um, you have a Blake Hans, uh, Drew Forbes. You have guys who've been in your system uh, who should get a lot better, uh, who should be then got significantly better next year to where if you have to lose a J.C. Treader, you don't want to. But, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, things happen. Um, and plus you got to make room to bring the right acquisitions in. Uh, you know, I don't know who will want to come play with Baker. Uh, and that's really kind of one of those things that is a tipping point to what receivers will be cool with coming here. Um, if I am mistaken, Calvin really was in college the same time Baker Mayfield was, if I am mistaken. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked um, if they have some type of, you know, could develop some type of chemistry. But Baker, if the Baker's the guy moving forward, and I'll elaborate more on on uh, because I did kind of let you that point earlier in the video from uh, uh, the front office quarterback position standpoint. Um, but uh, you know, Baker needs tall targets. A uh, David and Jungle is a tall target, so it's not that hard for Baker to get him the ball. Um, but you need a receiver that's tall. Um, you know, as as well as a as a few game breakers. You know, if Kevin Stefanski is one going to want to throw the ball a lot, he's going to have to. I mean, they're going to have to bring in some receiver talent. Uh, I don't expect Jarvis Landry to be resigned. I don't think Jarvis Landry wants to stay anyway. Nobody wants to give up fifteen million dollars, bro. But Jarvis Landry gonna go somewhere and get paid. Now, I have no doubt about that. Um, you know that. Uh, you know you never want to see quality talent lead your team. This is why so many people are mad about Odell. You know, I, I know Odell is not putting up spectacular stats, but he's impactful. You know, every play he makes is impactful, which is all he wants in the first place. He don't necessarily got to have 100-something yards every game. But if his two, three catches, four, five catches, his four, five first downs, you know, three first downs, two touchdowns, he is perfectly fine with that. Any receiver will win you winning, and you can win Super Bowls. You know what I'm saying? Because those are highlight plays. Those are the ones that pass you on the eye test. You know what I'm saying? And he's doing a lot of things 
but he's not hurting the Rams. And he wasn't hurting the Browns, regardless of what people would try to paint. He wasn't hurting the Browns. He just wanted to utilize. Bottom line. Um, or 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 not utilized properly, illy utilized, I whatever word go there. Um the wide receiver room uh was right now, you know, virtually just consists of Donovan Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz. Now, there are other guys, you know, uh, Higgins is a guy which I don't think he'll return. Um, you you got a Jamarcus Bradley down there and, and a couple other acquisitions that you got. But those guys aren't game changers. And for the type of quarterback that you're looking to go into the next season with, um, you're going to need – hold on. You're going to need a game changer at, at receiver. You know, I mean, just think about it, man. Every passing game that's thriving got a few receivers. You know, it's not just one. You could argue it's just Devontae Adams and uh, and uh, Green Bay. But he also has Aaron Rodgers. And when you got a quarterback-receiver uh, combo that's dynamic like that, um, it doesn't really matter what a defense does. You know, this is what you want for, for, for Baker, you know, or for any quarterback with the Browns, but this is what you want for Baker ultimately. You want him to have that one, at least one receiver where he got so much chemistry with, and it don't matter what the defense do. Uh, the, like I say, you know, but that takes a mental part of the game. Not transitioning to the Baker and back to the quarterback position per se with the Browns. Um they have Baker under contract for one more year. They can franchise tagging for another following two years. Um, in my opinion, it won't – there's not a standout um, right now from what I'm seeing. There's not a standout quarterback that I think is worth you drafting and dumping Baker for. Um, it's a few possible – you know, acquisitions you can make via trade. Um, but as far as just building from the ground up, this isn't the draft. Now, next year's draft, you know, when you have a few guys coming out, uh, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, um, you know, a few guys that I think, you know, will really will really be nice. And then the year after that, you know, you will have a, a C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and those guys coming out. Um, so, you know, this is a buffer year, uh, in my opinion. And I think the Browns would be smart to use this this offseason to fill in the gaps on everything around the quarterback and everywhere else on the team. And then that way they can come back next season and be in a position to say, okay, you know, we have a guy that now that we have a complete team outside the quarterback, we have a guy that we that we can target and we can say we're in a position to give you two, three first round draft picks, you know, for a guy who's going to game change our franchise because we have everything else, not only here, but also locked in long term to where this quarterback will be playing with these guys for several seasons. Um, that to me is the smartest thing they could do. 
you know, now if they do make any immediate moves, I listen, I'm gonna keep saying this, bro. I think Deshaun Watson is the acquisition. Now we all gotta see February is around the corner. We're all gonna get to see next month exactly what's unfolded in the case and how it really go because we're all just reading transcripts and media and all that. And like I say, man, you know, look at me, bro. I don't have no reason to trust no public entity to put out the proper information the way it's supposed to be put out. I've been on this earth very long time, uh, per se. And, uh, you know, I've been here long enough to know that you got to get all the information first. People will, you know, misrepresent things for a certain perception. Um, you know, sometimes the optics are way too glaring for you to ignore anything, and I do understand that, but, you know, timing is everything, and coincidences just don't happen on the common. You know, that's why they're coincidences. They just happen every once in a while or per se. Um, but like I say, you know, on the surface, there is really no reason for the Browns to rush and try to move that position. Baker is going to get surgery. I'm pretty sure he'll be back and ready by the time training camp comes around. Um, I'm pretty sure in his mind, he had already calculated, if I play to the end of the season and we don't go to the playoffs, I could do this in this time, start rehab around March. By the time we get to, you know, August, you know, he'd have been had, you know, five, four, five, six months, somewhere around that area you know, to be then rehabbed and, and 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 really got himself to a playable condition. Um, now, once again, the Browns ain't no fools. And they ain't been shown to be no fools with this regime. So it's not – it wouldn't be out of the realm to see them bring in a guy. Um, do I think Case Keenum uh, can remain the backup? It depends. It depends on how realistic Coach DeFancy is with himself about the state of his offense, where it's really at, and it, the, the moves he really need to make to bring positive change immediately. Um, you know, in my opinion, um, he has to be less stubborn. Uh, I feel like he's being stubborn out of necessity more than once. Um, I think a lot of us do not include the fact that this has been two pandemic seasons under their first two years. And even in that, they've won about 20 games in that span in two seasons. I don't remember another time except for in the 80s where a Browns team won a collection of 20 games in two seasons. That's virtually 10 wins a season, um, which is good. Better than what we used to. Uh, so, you know, I do feel like, you know, I've always been a, a, a believer that it takes, it takes a new coach and GM at least four years to get it right. Because you have to take the first year and evaluate what you have and how you can use it and where you need to change. And you get years two and three to actually more refine your your strategy, 
while still, you know, getting in the right personnel and weeding out the wrong personnel. Year four and five is where you should see significant results. So when coaches get fired after a year or two years, I don't really fault the coaches all the time. Not all the time. Majority of the time, I'm 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 on the coach side because there's a lot of impatience with this front office and these ownerships. And it's it's under it's understandable to a degree when you come to talk about large sums of money, uh, this type of income and revenue. Uh, but what realistic realistic options? Uh, you know. What realistic changes can he make? I've already hit it on personnel as far as players and possibilities and types, you know, prototypes. Um, as far as the coach himself, I personally would like to see Alex Van Pell call the plays. At the same token, when Alex Van Pelt was hired, his focus was to work on Baker's mechanics. And Baker's mechanics has not improved. So I could back the notion of if you didn't do the first job all the way effectively, how can I increase your responsibilities? You know what I'm saying? It, it, and, and some people may not like that, but it's the reality. I hired you to do a specific job. If you're not doing excelling at that job, why would I give you more responsibilities? That It makes no sense. And bottom line is, Baker mechanics have improved, but they're not where they need to be for him to be consistently making good decisions and quality throws, game in, game out, play in, play out. So, you know, you could give, you definitely give Alex Van Pelt another year with Baker to see how it goes. You know, if it don't work out, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I mean, A, they move on from Alex Van Pelt as well with Baker Mayfield, or B, you know, they bring in a guy who they feel like is more workable because maybe Baker was just a little hard to work with. Maybe they could bring in a guy that is actually going to take the tutelage and use it to excel. And, you know, so, again, it still gives these guys, like, four years. As much scrutiny as Joe Woods was under, Joe Woods does not deserve to be under fire no more. This defense was significantly better than last year. And had this offense back this defense up, we'd be talking about a Super Bowl run because the defense played that well. Uh, so I would just challenge uh, Mr. Barry in that front office to keep as much of these players together as possible, um, you know, and build off that because you really have something there with that defense and what it can become with the pieces you have locked in for as long as you do. Um, you know, the play calling, man, listen, it's always dictated by the talent, bro. All right? As much as the coaches call the plays, the quarterbacks run the show. So if you can't be a coach on the field, it's hard for a quarterback's coach or any play caller to put a lot of faith in you. It's just hard. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
so you know, before we get to recriticizing the play calling, um, I would I would encourage people to just see what type of acquisitions are made to help make the offense a little more better. Um, I mean, what else can we do? You know what I'm saying? Now, we could talk about a lot of prospects that people like, uh, you know, the way things. Oh, before we, we get off of here, though, and you know, for those who might have came in late, um, I'm D. Trent. This is Game Changer Sports Talk, uh, industry sports. You know, subscribe, like, follow. You can catch these episodes uh, uh, streaming on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Radio Public, and, and various other streaming platforms, uh, Anchor as well. Um, so I definitely would encourage you all to go check those out, follow, subscribe, give your feedback and things like that. Um, but the playoffs are underway. Uh, we are moving on to the next round. Uh, you know, Green Bay had a bye in the NFC. The Titans had a bye in the AFC. The Titans look like not only will they be getting get Derrick Henry back, but I think, I don't know, I think A.J. Brown and Julio Jones coming back? I ain't sure. But I think they coming back with a full squad. Um, and that's going to be a problem. Uh, keeping it on with the AFC, uh, I believe the Chiefs are number two. So the Chiefs, let me see, it's the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bills, and who left? Chief Titans Bills. Let me let me let me go over here. Let me let me because I'll be doing this stuff a lot off the top of my head, man. Let me let me let me go over here on my fact checker right quick. You know what I'm saying? And and really bring this into light. All right. So Bengals. How I forget the Bengals. All right. So Bengals Titans on Saturday. Bills Chiefs on Sunday. Okay. Titans Bengals. I'm here to tell you that the only subpar matchup possibly on this round of NFL playoffs, uh, divisional round, um, is the 49ers and Packers. Um, But the 49ers defense is so good, um, they could make a game of it. But Aaron Rodgers is so dynamic. This could be a blowout. So those one of those games. It could come down to the wire, um, but I don't think anybody foresees the 49ers beating the Packers. The Packers are uh, Vegas odds. They're a six-point spread. Uh, they could significantly blow that out the water. I mean, it depends on how the offense plays for, for the 49ers. Uh, this Bengals-Titans game, though? Bruh? Listen, bro, this could be the game of the playoffs. I'm going to just tell you that right now. This could literally be the game of the playoffs, bro. Um, I don't see it saying Derrick Henry is going to play. I've been getting reports that he's probably going to play, um, but I don't know for sure. Uh, let me see if I can find something out right quick while we're here. 
And Natty go turn up anyway. Listen. Natty about, about to turn up, man. The Natty boy, them boys. Oh yeah, Natty. I already I already dropped I already dropped the bag on them to win it all. Are you saying for them to win it all? I dropped the bag on them and um who else did I drop it on? AZ already out because they had low odds. You know I'll be going with whoever got the low odds. I ain't bet on the bills because, you know, the bills up there. You know what I'm saying? I want to go in no money. You know, I'll be trying to flip that high five. <laughs> turn that yeah. turn that, fi- that high five to 500. Turn that high five dollars. <laughs> I bet on the Cavs winning it all earlier. Um, shit, I bet on the Cavs winning these. I, um, with these Titans and Bengals, man, this game is going to come down to quarterback play, bro. I, I mean, that Ohio boy Titan, got up. Like, like the Titans got a nice defense. The Bengals got a nice defense. They both have uh, receiving options. Um. Hold on, they, they playing in Minnesota. I mean, in Tennessee. Yeah, they playing in Tennessee. Oh, so it's good. Um, I'm trying to figure out what's Derrick Henry's status for the game. I don't think he's playing. They, I've been seeing like um. Most yeah, they still got him listed on injury reserve, but I looked at this. They got fucking. No, he practicing. I've been seeing his face on like the little game. Um, yeah, twelve minutes ago. Okay, look, Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry took another step toward being activated before their NFL divisional playoff matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals on Saturday. The team held a padded practice Tuesday and some of the defensive players banging to Henry as he went through drills during an individual period of practice with the running backs. Coach Mike Vrabel said they wanted to replicate some of the things that Henry would be asked to do if he played in the game. Henry was placed on injured reserve November 1st because of a fractured foot he suffered. Okay, yeah. And it was just a fracture foot, too. So, like I say, Derek Airy might play. Uh, bro, and everything tell me, bro, if he feel good, he going to play. Um, this probably going to be the game of the week, bro. Um, don't get me wrong. The Rams and Bucks game could be one of those games. The Bills Chiefs games could be one of those games. But I think the hungry young bloods, man. Uh, Ryan had Tannehill got something to prove. He not solidified. Joe Burrow is up and coming. He wanted to let him know that he ain't just you know a second year quarterback. He top tier. Um, you know Matthew Stafford is trying to put his legacy up against the goat. Uh, he ain't the goat to me, but they call him the goat. So I just, for the sake of argument, right now I say that Peyton, my goat. I don't care what nobody say. But um, uh, then you got Bills Chiefs, uh, Allen versus Mahomes, Bills the Chiefs Bills, you know, and you already know Niners and Green Bay, they always fire. I hope Niners send them home, man. Niners send them home. 
ain't gonna lie. I would like to see Rodgers versus Mahomes for the ship, personally. But I mean, the I'm all for like Bills Rams. I'm all for Bills Rams. Um, I'm all for Bengals Rams. Oh yeah, I love them um, Bills. But I think it's gonna be the Packers and the Chiefs. To be honest, um, if I'm making my predictions on these games, uh, the Bengals Tennessee um, is favored by three and a half points. Look, I'm going to be real with you. The Titans in a bad spot. But everything in me tells me they're going to come out and play with a lot of heart, a lot of fire and desire. Um, with that being said, if Derrick Henry plays and he cannot be impactful, um, the Bengals could run away with this bitch. I expect this to be a good game all up until a certain quarter. I don't know if it's going to be the second quarter that shit get out of hand or it's going to be the fourth, the third going into the fourth where it get out of hand. But somewhere in there, this game going to get out of hand. This game going to be up and down. Um, if, if we going over under, I'm definitely going uh, over 50 in this game. Uh I think a final score will probably end up something like 34-31. Um, and listen, bro, I'm going to pick the Bengals too. I ain't going to even hold you. I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals 34-31 over the Titans. Um, you know what I'm saying? That's that's where I'm at with it. Um, as far as this Packers 49ers game, um, I just think this game probably going to get out of hand. Uh, I'm going to give this game a 38-24 a, a type of game. Uh, I got the Packers taking that one. And Bucks game is going to be very defensive heavy. Uh, I don't see this being no type of shootout. Um, and I'm going to take the Rams in this one 20-17. Uh, uh, Bills Chiefs. I ain't gonna even lie to y'all, bruh. This might be a shootout. Um, this just seems like for how both of these teams playing, this just seems like the type of game where it really don't matter what the defense does on either side. These both of these quarterbacks gonna show up to play. Uh, like I say, I, even though, like I say, I pick the Bengals and Titans will probably be the game of the week. Um, I think this Bills Chiefs game gonna be a shootout. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go forty-one thirty-eight in overtime to the Bills. So that give us Rams, Packers, Bengals, uh, Bills for uh, each respective conference championship, and I'm 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 gonna uh, man, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Bills, Packers. I know I, even though I said earlier Bills, I said Packers, Chiefs is what I would like to see. 
uh, what I probably think I, I, you know, breaking it down. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Bills Packers in, in, the, in the championship. Two cold teams. Uh, Bills last time they went to the Super Bowl, they was on a a, a four Super Bowl losing streak. Um, they ain't recovered from yet. Uh, Aaron Rodgers trying to put the cherry on top to what will probably end up being an MVP season. Um, and I, that'll probably be a dogfight because that's probably the best matchup you can get. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, prob- that's, that's it. I'm going Bills Packers, man. That's my final prediction. Bills Packers for the, for the championship. So, uh, you know, for all those that stayed on and been here throughout the uh, whole stream, I appreciate it. Um, for those that missed it, only caught uh, bits and pieces. Uh, you know, it's still the middle of the week. Everybody got work, things to do like that. So I appreciate you coming in and tuning in. But like I say, uh, I'm D. Trent. This is Game Changer Sports Talk, industry sports. Uh, you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at the names you see on the screen. Like I say, you can catch us on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. Uh, definitely stay in tune. We'll be starting to do more interviews. Uh, we'll start off some raffles and giveaways and things like that. All that stuff coming up in 2022. So uh, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate all the views, all the follows, all the feedbacks, likes, dislikes. It's all welcome. All right. D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. We'll holler at y'all later. Yes, sir. That was straight. That was straight.